technology is the most powerful change in the world of education. Everything changes. Welcome to the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast, delivered to you by Clever Books Company. Dear listeners, thank you for joining the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast series. And we have Eric today as the guest. How are you, Eric? I am great. Thanks for having me on. That's brilliant. Thank you. So I'm going to give the word to Eric and he's going to tell what he's doing in life and professionally and um, anything he tell about himself, maybe which country he's coming from. Fantastic. Uh, well, my name is Eric Scheniger. I'm a senior fellow with the International Center for Leadership and Education. I am based in the United States. Uh, I currently reside in the state of Texas, but I travel and work with schools all over the world. And uh, I was a former science teacher and principal. And during my tenure, we were able to transform learning uh, through the purposeful use of technology and improve achievement in the process. So now I've tried to share some guidance and strategies on how classroom teachers, administrators, schools can find the same success that we did with the use of technology. This sounds impressive. Thank you so much for sharing. So tell me, Eric, are you positive or negative about using technology for educational purposes and why? I'm positive if the certain conditions are put in place. You know, if we don't get our pedagogy right first, you know, all technology will do is speed up the rate of failure. So what we have to do is we have to be very purposeful with it. And we have to think about why do we want to integrate technology? How will it improve learning for our kids? And what criteria will we determine if we're successful? Ultimately, pedagogy trumps technology. One of my favorite uh, thought leaders, Michael Fullen states, pedagogy the driver, technology the accelerator. So if we get instructional design right first, if we improve our level of questioning, if we align it to standards and learning targets, if we create rigorous digital performance tasks, and if we innovate the way we assess, the technology can open up the, the world for our kids. You know, when we think about the positive aspects of technology, it allows kids to explore, design, create. When we think about the positive aspects of technology, Technology increases collaboration, innovates the way we assess, transforms timeframes around learning, enables students to learn about research and information like never before, allows kids to uh, demonstrate conceptual mastery like never before. But I think the most important aspect of technology is it can really allow kids to own their learning. Yes, we want kids to be engaged, but we want them to use technology to learn in ways that they couldn't without it. We really want it to be transformational. So using technology for learning is one of the important points because I think many kids are using technology for all different purposes and gaming and social media and so on. And I think it's really good, good point here that using technology for learning is something that needs to be guided and motivated uh, from the side of educators to push kids for um, for these purpose of using the technology. Yeah, yeah, and I would comment on that. You know, kids for the most part know how to use technology, but they don't necessarily know how to use it to support their learning. 
what we need, what our kids need from us is to, to show them all the amazing things they can do while also uh, experiencing an improvement in student outcomes uh, in the process. So yeah, you're right. I mean, all the kids are using this technology. We need to make sure that when it's being used, it's being used with purpose and allowing kids to showcase learning like never before. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you on that. So um, if we move uh, forward, I want to ask you a question like, is there any specific technology you have in mind that you think absolutely um, important or maybe interesting or maybe challenging uh, for educators to implement and it brings the benefits in the educational process. And I'm not talking here, maybe you, uh, it's not only connected to some maybe school education, maybe adult education as well, like all these open libraries, open learning courses, and maybe something like augmented virtual reality. So anything you feel to share, maybe you experienced or you think it's going to be beneficial. Yeah, you know, and, and before I, you know, it's always dangerous to list uh, what's the best technology because it, it's not what's the best tool. It really comes down to how is it being used. So before I give you some of my favorites, I, I will say this, you know, when, when we think about designing better lessons, better assessments, providing better means of feedback. The, the, the goal of technology is, is not what we are doing with it as adults, but, but how are the students using it to own their learning? And it comes back to if we create you know, pedagogically sound tasks, students should be afforded the opportunity to select the right tool for the right task, where it could be in a class of say 30 kids, you might have 16 different tools being used all of which are demonstrating that kids have mastered the standard of the concept. Now, when we think about what we do with our learning, you know, we think about uh, a good instruction. You know, we want kids, we want to check for understanding. We want to review prior learning. Uh, we want kids to apply what they've learned. We want to close our lessons appropriately. There are many tools that are effective at doing that. You know, one of my favorites is a tool called Mentimeter. Uh, basically teachers and administrators learn how to use one tool, but there's eight, nine, nine different ways to use that tool. Uh, another one of my favorites is called GoFormative. Uh, GoFormative is a very robust tool that really gets kids to explain their thinking and, and demonstrate a high level of understanding. Uh, so, and then finally, another great one, and this is one that my daughter's teachers are using here uh, in the United States, is a tool called Seesaw. Uh, Seesaw is a great uh, way to, for kids to create their own digital portfolios. So teachers are giving kids tasks, students are uploading their responses, they're answering questions with, uh, by support, uh, providing supporting evidence, but then in Seesaw, you're not only seeing what the students are doing in terms of their work and how it aligns to standards, but teachers are then able to give good feedback to kids to inform, you know, whether they uh, have grasped the concept or not. So, you know, I, I think it comes back to the, those core tenets, you know, when we think about, you know, why do we want to use technology and how does it improve learning? You know, we want it to be collaborative. You know, we want kids to be actively uh, leveraging technology to support a learning outcome. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, the tools allow students to provide uh, different means to show us what they know, what they can do. Uh, 
We want them to not only focus on essential learnings, but we want kids' passions and interests to uh, be demonstrated through creative means. So, you know, creativity, collaboration, communication, problem solving, critical thinking, entrepreneurial thought process, global awareness. These are all competencies that we would hope that the tool helps bring about uh, through our kids. I like your perspective that it's the way we use the tools and it's absolutely necessary uh, to develop those skills that you mentioned because with the uncertain future and we don't know which jobs are going to come up in the next five to ten years because you know we're seeing also the jobs that that are coming up now that never been used before like android developer or ios developer or digital marketer or whatever person so yeah it's absolutely necessary to get engaged with kids and develop those skills through the tools that are available out there but to prepare them for the for the future yeah and, and, and on that this is a quote that really aligns uh with your thoughts is don't prepare kids for something prepare them for anything and as we think about this world we don't know what the future holds but we do know that it's our students that are going to be needed to solve problems to come up with innovative ideas and by preparing kids for anything we want to future-proof learning by getting our kids to think but by also by thinking we want them to apply their learning in relevant meaningful ways and technology can be a catalyst to not only allow kids to demonstrate deeper learning but apply what they've learned in ways that mean something to them. That's a very good point. Really, really appreciate that. And um, just if I, if I may ask, do you follow anything, any specific resources uh, to keep yourself up to date with the technology coming up for education? Um, yeah, I, I mean, for, for me, uh, I leverage uh, social media a great deal, uh, tools like Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn. Uh, so those are basically my avenues to find out what's trending and how educators are effectively leveraging uh, tools to improve learning. But, you know, I'm not just a uh, content consumer. I'm also a creator. Uh, my latest book, Learning Transformed, it is all about how do we transform learning through the lens of digital and it's backed up by a vast body of research but also schools that are implementing technology and experiencing positive results so you know learning transformed isn't the only book i've written i've written uh, a few others but but it's really about how do we stay more connected and find out what the tools are but it's not just about the tools it's let's take that critical lens to how the tool is being used to improve learning for our kids. So that's what I'm always on the, the lookout for through my different social media channels. That's brilliant. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, we think, I think we're going to be important also to give maybe references to your books where people can get them. And, um, Another question to you, like me and you, we're definitely going for using the technology and we are totally like, it's an important thing nowadays to do that. But if sometimes you meet, you meet people who say that they are for old fashioned and traditional way of teaching without any technology in the classroom, do you try to persuade them and put them on your side or how do you normally talk to them or how do you challenge them or maybe um, kind of, help them to go outside their comfort zone and start using the technology for education? 
you know, if we utilize the same old thinking, we're going to get the same old results. And I'm not saying traditional instruction is bad. It's very effective. The whole idea is how does technology support and enhance traditional methodologies? And that's the point. It, it comes back to um, what I discussed about the pedagogical foundation. You know, it's not about asking teachers or administrators to change everything that what they've done. When we think about the work of Dewey, Vygotsky, Piaget, and, and Bloom, you know, that really, and Madeline Hunter, I mean, all that is, is grounded in what actually works. When we look at the work of John Hattie on effect size, no one's saying get away from research. No one's saying get away from traditional instruction that's worked. But we do know data has shown that the longer kids are in school, the less engaged they are. And we can't just speak at kids through direct instruction. That might have worked for many of us, but it doesn't work for kids today. So I think the idea is when we look at how do we persuade or get others to believe in the value. You know, Linda Darling Hammond, uh, who is one of the premier uh, scholars here in the United States, found that technology has the most impact on at-risk learners. When the learning is interactive, technology is used to explore and create rather than drill and kill, and the right blend of teachers and technology. So going back to my reference to the book Learning Transformed that I co-authored, we provided study after study and example after example of how technology should be a ubiquitous component of what we're already doing. It's not separating curriculum, instructions, and assessment, what we've always done, from technology. How does technology support, enhance curriculum, instruction, and assessment? And I think the more stories we share of educators finding success where they're working smarter, not harder, where they're empowering kids to own their learning, where they're tapping into passions, but also getting kids to think more deeply about concepts and explain their thinking in different ways. I think that's how we begin to uh, get more of those that are resistant to really embrace the value, embrace the fact that, yeah, it might look a little differently, but different can equate to better. And I'll end with this. You know, when we think about what's changed, the research base hasn't really changed. But when we think about instruction, we think about learning, what's changed? Brain science and technology. So basically, we're using advances in brain science and technology to improve what we know already works. Thank you very much. That's really impressive. And I think that even there are people who would be listening now, hesitating a tiny bit. They will definitely go on your side. Well, you know what? I'll tell you right now. I have a unique perspective on this because I used to be the person who resisted. I was the person who didn't believe in the value of technology. I ran around my building taking devices from kids. I wrote the policies to block and ban social media. I was that person with the fixed mindset. What changed was when we started having conversations with our kids about their learning. And also when we got connected and we discovered how much we did not know. You know, we fear what we don't know. And then when we fear things, we make excuses or we inhibit change. So I think the more that we connect and engage and share powerful stories of how it's improving learning, 
it, it really will pave the way to ease the concerns of those who don't see the value. But let me make this point. Technology will not improve every lesson. It is not this silver bullet. And if it's not going to improve learning, we shouldn't be using it. But on the flip side, there's so many powerful ways backed by research that it does support learning when appropriate, that we have to be more open-minded because ultimately it's not about us. It's not about the adults. It's about our kids. And it's about meeting our kids where they are and helping give them develop the mindset, behaviors, aptitudes, aptitudes, take that knowledge and skills and really be prepared for them to be productive members in a changing society. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Eric. It was my great pleasure to, um, to have you on this podcast. And thank you so much for the great thoughts sharing. Thanks for having me. Everything changes.